Wednesday, September 7, Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. A very good morning to you if you are just tuning in. And over at the US Open, and uh, it's all done. The Adia Tomjanovic, Ons Jabur match. And unfortunately, the Aussie has been beaten in straight sets. So now it's over to none other than Nick Kyrgios to try and get through to the final four at Flushing Meadows. And it's coming up later this morning. He's a $1.25 favourite with Tab. His opponent, Karen Kachanov of Russia, $4. Uh, now, Champions League this morning as well. Stacks of games and uh, Ange Postacoglu Celtic. It was scoreless up until, well, close to the hour mark. They conceded a couple of goals very quickly. Ended up 3-0. So, Real Madrid beating Celtic 3-0 in Scotland in Glasgow this morning. Man City beat Sevilla 4-0. Uh, PSG beat Juventus 2-1. Dinamo Zagreb 1-0 over Chelsea. In an upset there in Croatia. Stacks of games on tomorrow morning as well. The Matildas were beaten 2-1 by Canada in front of 27,000 at Allianz last night. The Aussies won the cricket against New Zealand by two wickets, courtesy of a great partnership between Cameron Green and Alex Carey. And the teams are out for the first week of the NRL finals this week, starting on Friday night. Parramatta, Penrith, out in the west. And Dean Bulldog Ritchie, none other than... The co-host of the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend, Daily Telegraph, is joining us as he does each Wednesday in the studio. Morning, Bulldog. Morning, Mido. Clarky. Morning, buddy. Lorenzo. How are you, buddy? I'm good. That's all right. What's news? No, we're just talking about Manly Off Air and their survey, this anonymous survey. And I had an idea. Right. <laughs> what what's a... the difference between a survey and a quiz? Oh. Well, survey, you don't win a prize. Fair point. Quiz is some sort of. Desi might. He's been keeping his job. So I had an idea, Clarky. What about an anonymous survey in the Big Sports Breakfast? I don't like it. Where you hand over your true thoughts without being exposed publicly. Us being surveyed or. No, we ask each other. We put it in a little box at the end of the day and you get your thoughts on all the individuals on the show. I'm all for any survey as long as you've got to put your name at the top. No, no, it's anonymous. Yeah, I don't like. This is a sore set. I don't like this rubbish. If you're gonna if you're gonna write I don't like Bulldog, you're gonna cross that box. Yeah. At least have the courage to go, it's from Michael Clark. You can't not put your name. No, I would. <laughs> I'd put my name. Yeah, I'd put my name as well. You know what I'd do? Your name I'd put is compulsory. Else's name. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon Why has Mido done four surveys? <laughs> yeah, you pricks. <laughs> I reckon Laurie, you get carved up. Of course uh, I would. Yeah, in an anonymous one. Of course I would. Put your name there. I do it in capitals, just to make sure they understood. <laughs> is Desi keeping his job? Yes, I think he is, Clarky. Is DC staying captain? Yes, I think he is, Clarky. Does his teammates support him as captain? Yes, that's okay. a broad question in that I can't speak yeah. for every player. Oh, he doesn't need to be best friends with everyone. the majority of yeah. players, I think, will support him. Do they limit his power? Des? Did they get him to change his staff? Uh they want to rein Des back a little bit in terms of his power at Brookvale and ask that Des consider mixing up his coaching staff. Um, reports this morning suggest that Des may not have to do that now. Uh, there's a big meeting on Thursday where it'll all be discussed. Scott Penn is in town from New York. He would be there, Tony Mestroff, Des Hasler. Uh, so we'll know more after tomorrow. Des has a contract for 2023. Um, I, there's, as far as I know, there's no way in the world Des will walk away. 
He's passionate. He loves the club. Whether he gets the deal for 2024 uh, is the key question. A lot of things are being said and done, Laurie, at Manly at the moment. Generally, those conversations would be kept private or not media-worthy if you're winning. It's when you're losing these things become public. Yeah, right? but I think any sort of written survey, like I know that clubs have one-on-one interviews, don't they, at the end of the season, to put out a written survey, that's always going to get leaked. Yeah. Now, that is unusual, isn't it, yeah. to give players... Like, who came up with that idea? I don't know. Look, there's always a, a review, you know, hmm. but the survey seemed a little bit left field. And I, I just think it's a bit unfair. And this is just my opinion. I think it's unfair to ask young kids who are 19, 20, 21 to write and fill out a survey Absolutely. about the future of a coach who's been in the game longer than they've been alive. What are they going to say? Couldn't agree. And that puts them in an extremely awkward yeah. position. Yeah. How's a 20-year-old kid, Clarkie, no, going to bag Des Hasler? No, he doesn't not. want to do that. It's not his job. He feels uncomfortable doing it. And as far as I'm concerned, he should not be yeah. put in that position. Yeah. Well, you know the other thing, though, Bulldog, that I've always respected from a young player is that one-on-one conversation as well with the leader or the leaders where I know at the start of your career it's very hard to be completely honest, but that's also part of your growth and learning to to find the comfort in um, you know, being a bit more open or being a bit more vulnerable with the senior players or the coach or the captain. And if you are uncomfortable with something, that's why leadership in the team is very important, not just the person that has the C beside their name, because you might, they might feel more comfortable, the forwards, going to um, you know somebody instead of Daly Cherry Evans or instead of Des Hasler. And that's why you need leadership in and around your group, not just one, one leader, one captain or one coach. It just seems to me the whole survey thing is a bit... You know, behind closed doors, don't don't put your name to it. I, I, I never, you just I, I drag never him like in, that. Just yeah, say, have a conversation, correct? One after the other, and we'll sit down face to face. At the end of the day, look at the results; they're not good enough. So we've got to get better. So our goal in the room for all of us: how can we get better? If you know, if you feel, if you think anything that thinks we can get better, stick your hand up. Well, let's have a one-on-one conversation. Hundred percent. The goal is to get better, not to not to be you know getting worse. This wasn't an absolute disastrous year for Manly. It wasn't great, and they fell away badly. We all know that. But they didn't run last. They had about 13 players unavailable at the back end of the season. They had the pride what, jersey. What the jersey thing, the jersey thing was I'm the, not was the cluster. I'm, correct. That Clarky. was the cluster. I am there. just saying, though, it so wasn't that needs a disaster. To be, so simple. That, obviously, needs to be discussed. Players need to discuss with their leadership and then the leadership of the group, coach, captain, senior player, need to be going to the board, the CEO, and they need to be dis- discussing it from the player's perspective. It's, it, it, uh, that, that's the conversation that, that – tell me a business that that doesn't happen in. What's the number one issue at, at, at Manly? Because I've heard, you know, the, the pride jersey and I've heard all sorts of rumours. And, and Des's power, struggle between administration and the coach – but what's the number one issue at Manly? Because right. if they don't find that out and they don't solve it, these things will continually happen. Right now, as far as I can see, Laurie, it's Des Hasler's future. A lot hmm. involves that. There's a lot of surrounding circumstances. But is there people that. on Des's staff that aren't supporting him? Are there people in other departments that aren't supporting him? Is it head office that's not supporting him? Do they want to take control back from Des to allow them to run a football program? 
rather than the coach? What is it? Summit Manly, Laurie, thought that Des didn't support certain people during the Pride jersey. I thought he did a good job personally. In front of the media, I thought he spoke well and he tried desperately to keep his side together, which is one of Des's great skills. Some down there think, though, that he didn't support certain people at certain times. It's just got messy, Laurie, and it's what happens when you lose. Mm. Every club goes through this. Whenever you fall away at the back end of the yeah. year, yeah, but the there's always there's start. always one thing that sets it off. Well, and there's 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 one major reason, and then there's something that sets it off. Well, the prime jersey stuff, set it off. Yeah, that that set it off, but that's not the main reason. There's something bubbling underneath the surface that is the number one issue that Manly are facing at the moment, and it seems like no one wants to confront it, whatever well, there, that may be. There, there are some players that don't get on great with other players. There are some people behind the scenes talking about players. There's oh, a lot going on. Mate, but tell this, me a sporting team that that doesn't but happen. But, Clarky, that's though. what I was going to say. This happens at every club. Grow up. It's like... just become a big story, and once stories in the media get momentum, and I've been part of this Manly story, so <sighs> you know, I, I put my hand up myself. Mm. But these things grow momentum, and they can't be stopped. Sometimes it just keeps going yeah, it and does, going. There's, and there's going. one way to stop it: win. Correct. Unfortunately, that's that's the reality. I still think win. if Manly decide to re-sign Des for 2024, I reckon they can cut it all off in one hit. Yeah, your coach is in place for two years. Yep. Give Des the control that he's allowed to have. Yeah, let him do what he has to yeah. do. Well, ever they got the uncertainty of not knowing who your coach is going to be. <laughs> And you doing these surveys and there's a splinter within the playing group, this will keep festering along and it'll keep bubbling away. Well, I tell you, it's gonna go it's gonna go the other way. If they do sack Des and get another coach and the new coach comes in and says, Rightio, well, we're gonna go a different direction with leadership as well. Get rid of DCE. DCE's not not playing. So now you've got your your most senior player in the group who's steaming, who's who thinks he should be captain and he's not. Don't tell me that's not gonna cause more chaos. Uh, p- possibly. Possibly. And it will, Mate. but I, I'm a bit like Bulldog. I, I think it, you either got to go one or two ways. you either got to support Des, extend, or make the decision now. You can't give him six so, to eight weeks, Laurie, next year. No way that in the world. That is utterly disrespectful to give a coach, an elite coach of 20 years, to say, you've got eight weeks. If you win four, we'll re-sign you. If you don't, you're out. That is disrespectful. Mm. Have the kahunas to make a decision now. Either sign him or get rid of him. Support him. Support him or get rid of him. I'm a big believer in that as well, Bulldog. Because if they if they give him the say the, the support of the board, but it's not full support, you just know that the same issues are going to bubble to the surface next year. You just know it because they haven't solved any issue. What they've done is just buy themselves time. And when you're trying to buy yourself time, eventually that time runs out. But you bec- it becomes a bigger drama further down the track than rather than making that big decision now. So they, imagine they, the Roosters saying to Trent Robinson, we'll give you eight weeks next year. No, if you're thinking like that, you need to stop it right there Correct. and then. Correct. Okay. Yesterday, Taylor May, uh, the suspension of two weeks plus a fine of which half was suspended and an order to undergo some counselling and ed- education. The suspension part, though, is the part that's created, uh, well, evoked a lot of reaction from our listeners, from a lot of people. Loz just can't believe it. Many others certainly in agreement with him that he will serve the suspension at the start of next season, correct? So he is available and named to play for Penrith against Parramatta on Friday night. Yeah, I heard you guys talking about this a few moments ago. I'm actually stunned. 
I can't believe the NRL would drop the ball in this situation when they have done an outstanding job, in my eyes, Laurie, at trying to confront, overcome and eradicate off-field misbehaviour. And they have. They have done an outstanding job. So why on the eve of the finals would you allow a bloke who did the wrong thing, was involved in a pub scuffle, ended up in court, and say you're suspended but you can play in the finals? What message is that sending? What message is that sending? I, I just and ca- what about the Pandora's box laws? Oh, there's plenty of them. What happens if a bloke gets suspended next week? Where does this end? Where does it end? I, I can't believe it. It just doesn't pass the pub test. No, exactly right. And what penalty do the, the club... We had a text message here earlier. So what happens if Taylor May was going to another club next year? So he's allowed to play for Penrith this season and go away in a World Cup. Yet he serves his suspension next year with a club that's just signed him. Or if he was retiring this year, he doesn't serve a suspension at all. He gets to finish his career. So there's scenarios there that they possibly haven't thought about. But you have I'm, to think about it, Laurie. But, but I'm, I'm, I would have been happy if the NRL had said, we're just going to find him, find him financially, and that, that's the penalty. I, I could accept that, and I think we, we move on. I could accept them saying that semi-finals are treated differently than club football, and you know, if, if you get two weeks for a for for a, a club uh, suspension, and we weigh semi-finals differently to what we do clubs, we we're going to give him a two-week penalty. Therefore, we think that we'll give him a one-week penalty uh, for a semi-final. Uh, because that, that equates to a two-match uh, suspension, regular season suspension. I, I'd be okay with that. I, I just don't see how he can play all the semi-finals, and they might poss- they could possibly play four games. He can go away on a World Cup and play for Samoa. Another six. No, there's possibly six. So there's possibly <laughs> ten games. You can play before you have to serve your suspension. I, I don't understand that. The NRL said there were circumstances. <clears throat> Excuse me. If there were, and if there are, well, then let us know. Get them out there. Tell us why you've made this decision. I think it's important mm. for the public to know why the NRL has done this. I, I really do, Laurie. I just don't think it can be a, a quick, simple press release next year and let's just pretend it never happened and we move on to the semifinals and hope that it all goes away. I think they've got to be transparent mm-hmm. and come out and explain exactly why this decision was made. Cameron Munster, Bulldog. So uh, how's this all going to play out? So the Storm essentially indicating that, uh, you know, they've put in their best offer. Uh, the Dolphins set to offer him a stack. Where will Cameron Munster be in season 2024? And other clubs might put up their hand as well. Yeah, I had a long chat with Cameron yesterday, about actually 15 minutes on the phone. It was really, it was a really good interview. And <clears throat> excuse me again, he um, <clears throat> he uh, he's very good to interview Cameron. He, he's a bit different. He's not your stereotype football player. He's got a bit of humour about him, and I always enjoy interviewing him because it's just a bit left field. He did indicate that uh, he's put negotiations on hold for now. He said it got a bit heated in the last couple of weeks, and it was starting to affect his footy with finals looming. He said, "Right, that's it." They can go away for four weeks. He did tell me, though, that Benji Marshall had personally text messaged him to say, are you interested? Would you be interested? 
and you know, would you come to the Tigers? Cam said, uh, look, you know, I'll have to wait and see. <laughs> I will for the right price. Yeah, I'll have to wait and see. <laughs> I actually asked that, Clark. I said it in a very uh, awkward question, which I tried to make sensitive. Yeah. Are you driven by money? He said, I'm not. He's not driven by money. He wants to make his family happy. He's already got one bub called Jackson. He wants to have more children. Then he's going to Queensland. Sounds like he's going then to Queensland. Then he's going to Queensland. That's yeah. a no-brainer. His wife's or partner's from Queensland. She's from Queensland. <laughs> no-brainer yeah. then. If, if it's not about money, then Dolphin should offer him 500 grand. Yeah. Because it sounds like he's going to Queensland. I think he is. I, I don't <laughs> Definitely know. Definitely about money. Look, he's got to wait to see what Craig Bellamy does. That's That'll be another yeah. key element in his decision. But, mate, you... you Know now whether you wanted to stay at the club or not. Yeah. And they've put in their final offer and they've said that on record. That you that's heard our his final words, offer. I was well say that about his partner. Yeah. She's from Queensland. Yeah. I want to do what's best for my family. He's yeah. already made his decision. He's just showing Melbourne the respect by waiting until this season's over. And he's showing Benji Marshall, a guy he played against and probably respects, mm. the same respect that I'm not going to say no to anything right now. Tigers can put an offer to me. Mm. He's already made his decision, mate. Because he knows he knows roughly the number he's going to get at the Dolphins is going to be... Well, it's probably going to be more than anywhere else anyway. Worst case, it's going to be equal. They reckon about 1.3. No brainer. Which make him just about the highest paid yeah, in the game. He I reckon it. he'd go for... I reckon if everybody else offered him a million and he got a million from the Dolphins, I reckon, from what he's saying, he'd go to the Dolphins anyway. So add an extra 300 grand a year, no brainer. It's not a big part of the decision-making process, Clarky, but the Bromwich brothers, Felice Kofusi, are going to be up there as well. If he did go, it would make it a bit more homely for him to know that he's surrounded by blokes that he has played with. He wants to go home. Mm. And he wants to, again, do the right thing by his partner, who's obviously supported him through everything he's been through on and off the field. And they've got a kid now. Where does it leave Melbourne, He's setting himself for after footy as well, Loz, isn't he? Oh, he is. I think they've made the right decision, Melbourne. From the way that Jesse Bromwich has been playing lately, and actually Kenny Bromwich is playing his best football. But Felice Kafusi, they haven't got a lot out of him, I don't think, this year. Jesse Bromwich is possibly playing, um, or having, the, in particular the last month or so, he's been off the boil. I don't know why, but if, if that's the standard he's going to be at over the next couple of years, Melbourne have made the correct decision. Because they're, they're not playing anywhere near as well as what they were last year or the year before. They've gone off the ball. Jesse Bromwich is just making errors and missing tackles. And he was one of the, the best front rowers in the game. But he, he he's right down the queue now, if you're ranking your front rowers. Where does it position Melbourne, Laurie, if they lose the Bromwich brothers, which they have? Kofusi's gone, Brandon Smith's gone, and now mm. potentially Cam Munster. Oh, the biggest loss will be Craig Bellamy. That's their biggest loss. And he's we, indicated that next year will be his, his last. last. We did think Melbourne were gone, though, when they lost the big three. Yeah, but and they, they bounced back yeah, again. I, 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 look, they've still got Christian Walsh to come back. So you've got Christian Walsh and Big Nelson there. Next year, you've got Tarek He's Sims going down house, there. Grant. You've got young um, Katoa from the Warriors, who I think they'll turn into a really good player. I, look, I, I'm not concerned about them next year. Um, I'm more concerned about Melbourne when Craig leaves. I think that'll be the big issue. Mm. Uh, now, Sam Burgess, you have been following his journey at the Arara Valley Axman, and they lost the grand final. Yeah, I ducked up there, mate. It was a fantastic day. I, I love bush footy. I'm like you, Loz. I love, mm. not from the country, but I love getting out in the bush. And uh, It was a place called Caramba, about 15 minutes northwest of Coffs. And the atmosphere up there, Clarkie, it was brilliant. It was about 3,500 there, but 
it was old school footy. They were right into it. Uh, and Sam's team, unfortunately, they won their major semi by 60 to nil, but they got beaten by the South uh, Grafton Rebels in the grand final. But it was a great day for Sam. Oh, gee, he was good. He signed autographs. He took selfies. Anything that anyone asked him, yeah, awesome. he did. Good and it was a great learning uh well, part of Sam's learning process in terms of being a coach. I saw Wayne Bennett turned Wayne up Wayne turned up, which was And great. Sam didn't know he was going? Sam didn't know. Yeah, no, Sam awesome. didn't know. So uh, don't forget, Sam said no to Wayne and a few yeah. weeks ago. So Wayne mm. could have said, well, it's not going to bother, but he didn't. Mm. So, But Sam now comes back to South. They're working out, well, Jason Demetrio is working out exactly what role he will play. It will be in the assistant coach area. But... Uh, up there in Crofts, he's been visible, Sam. He's got out in the community and he's really given Group 2 a uh, kick-along, which it needed. And, and just quickly before you go, you've spoken to Ray Warren, the great Rabs, this week Yeah, as I well. spoke to Rabs yesterday just to have a chat. First final series in 45 years, Rabs hasn't been calling. And uh, he's going well, Rabs. Yeah, he's trying to get into retirement and uh, he's trying to play a bit of golf. He wants to get out in the garden. And uh, he's struggling a bit at times. He sees replays on the news, uh, on the uh, Fox Sports, rather, about games that he called. And he said as much as it makes him feel proud of his achievements, it also makes him a bit sad that that part of his life is over. He's 79, but he's a great man, Rabs, and I'm sure he'll slip into retirement very, very easily. You're a great man too, mate. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast. Unfortunately, Alia Tomjanovic has been beaten this morning in her quarterfinal at Flushing Meadows, Ons Jabur, the winner of that, 6-4-7-6 in straight sets. And Nick Kyrgios is coming up soon. And he's a $1.25 favourite with Tab. He's $2.60 to win the tournament now, is Kyrgios. two sixty five. in fact. Carlos Alcaraz, $3.25. Yannick Sinner at 6 Kasper Ruud at 7 Double fi- figures and longer the other three. Uh, remaining in the men's side of the draw. So there he is, 265 favourite. And Rog coming up shortly. Uh, in the Champions League this morning, Dinamo Zagreb beat Chelsea 1-0 in Croatia. Uh, Salzburg in AC Milan finished 1-1. Shakhtar Donetsk 4-1 over Leipzig in Germany. PSG 2-1 over Juventus. Dortmund beat Copenhagen 3-0. Real Madrid went to Celtic Park and won 3-0. All their goals coming in the second half. Manchester City, the Champions League favourites, have gone to Spain and beaten Sevilla 4-0. And Benfica has beaten Maccabi Haifa 2-0 in Portugal. Uh, Last night in the cricket, the Aussies victorious after they were in all sorts of trouble. And uh, they won the toss, sent New Zealand in and restricted them to 9 for 232. Uh, Glenn Maxwell, 4 for 52 from 10 overs. Josh Hazelwood, 3 for 31. They were the pick of the bowlers. Mitch Stark, 9 overs, 2 maidens, 1 for 43. A wicket for Adam Zampa as well. In fact, 1 for 38 off 10 for Zampa. So they did pretty well with the ball, Clarkie, but uh, then found themselves 5 for 44. Aaron Finch failed again. Dave Warner looked in superb touch, but uh, he just hooked one straight to backwards, yeah. deep backwards square, Picked straight down out. the throat of the fieldsman out there, Bracewell. And uh, Alex Carey, Cameron Green came together and they just were fantastic. They put on a partnership of 158 for the sixth wicket and we got there in the end. There was another little uh, wobble towards the end. We lost three for five. We were eight for 207, still 20-odd short, but got there with five overs to spare. Yeah, uh, I'm saying good win, four for 40. Um, 
lose your, your key batters. Davey Warner looked in great touch, just as you said. You know, cream one straight to that man at deep mid-wicket or deep square leg. Cameron Green, outstanding. Alex Carey, outstanding. And I thought the bowlers did a really good job to restrict New Zealand to that total. Um, there was a, I don't know if it was due or just a little bit of moisture got onto that wicket. So, surprised Australia sent New Zealand in because it did look... They probably thought that moisture might just quicken the pitch up and be better for batting. Um, did which, eventually, I suppose. Which it did, but mm. what it allowed was the ball to swing. The new ball swung, and that's probably New Zealand's strength. So that's probably why I think New Zealand deserve credit for how well they bowled, particularly Bolt. Um, but Australia top order struggled with a little bit of that movement. But great win from the Aussies. And again, like I know we didn't, we didn't, our top order didn't play well, but this is why I think we have such a very good team. You know, across all, all three formats, well, you're under the pump against New Zealand's number one ranked team in the world. And we still find a way to get over the line. So, you know, with Alex Carey, he's been there for a while. Cameron Green hasn't been there for that long. Shows the talent we've got, shows the class we've got, and shows why, you know, even looking towards a 2020 World Cup, and I know people laugh, I still think we should be favourites. In our conditions, we have so much talent, we know how to win games of cricket. And that's probably why I was so disappointed with that loss to Zimbabwe a couple of days ago. Because that's just attitude. Mm. We shouldn't be losing to Zimbabwe in any conditions in the world. You know, we should have lost last night been four for 40 against the number one one-day team in the world with the right attitude and that will to win. We're, we're a good enough team to beat anyone. Roger, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are we? Yeah, really well, thanks. Can't wait to see Nick in action as he fights for a top four spot, final four spot, I should say, in the US Open. But he received another fine uh, for an audible or obscenity in his win over, <laughs> over the world number one, Daniel Medvedev. So that's 23000 in fines for the tournament. But his favourite to win. And what impact do you think his doubles defeat with Tanasi Kokonakis will have heading into today's match? Uh, well, look, I think at the end of the day, it's a bit of a bonus for him, to be honest. Because, you know, if you're in the doubles, you're, that, that's energy energy out versus uh, con, con, saving the energy for, for a singles run. And so, um, you know, they were they in it. They had some fun out there. It probably loosens him up a little bit, kills the day. And uh, he likes playing with the Nazi, so he gets a good vibe out there. So I, I guess you know there's some po- a lot of positivity around being around people that you uh, that you're mates with, and um, yeah, so they just would have got through the day. So nothing for this match because uh, Hatchinov is opponent. They've got a one-all record, and you know, and they, and they play tight matches, but they haven't played for a while. It's a new Nick Kyrgios, and um, uh, Carol Hatchinov would have, you know, he admits that that there's a different person up the other end of the court, so they're seeing. The players in the locker room are seeing a different type of person um, on the match court, and uh, they've played, as you know, they've played a three-setter, a five-setter, um, and the six out of their eight sets have been tie breaks. So there's a tight tennis in between there, but it's not the same version. And um, look, I just think pound for pound, uh, Hatchinov's a poor version, and no, no disrespect, a poor version of Medvedev. Um, he's got a bigger serve, big forehand. Uh, pretty bland off the back of the court. Competes really well, but um, you know Nick's just got he's just got too many ways to win points, and he's a disruptor with what he does and his positioning on the court. So I, I, I don't see look, there might be a little bit of a, a tussle here, but I I think it's Nick in uh, three sets there. And hey, I did give you you guys Nick in four sets. You did, I, last match? yeah. No. We gave you a wrap yesterday. Don't I did okay. anyway. These oh, two yeah, did. No, we we did, Rog. We did. Hey, yeah. Rog, I want to pick up on that. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Thank what you. what you said about Kyrgios, because I, I I sort of am a believer in you've got to find what works best for you. And there's some athletes that 
you know, would play tennis, that all uh, thinking about their recovery and focus in on their, their next game. But for me, with Kyrgios, if he's got time on his hands, he seems to be a, a guy that could be easily distracted and, and not focus. So I think the doubles, the fact that he has to play the next day, actually helps him. Yeah, look, Loz, I think you're spot on. You know, we're all different beasts, aren't we? Mm. You, know, you, you see your people that are extremely high energy stressed about what their recovery leads look like and how long they need to do it. And they're so, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like fatiguing the way they've got to go through that and preparation and um, high intensity. And then there are others that sort of do very little. And, uh, and also people that can't work out how to deal with their, their dead time. I think in sports, one of the, one of the killers, isn't it? We've yep. all been through at the time that, that you are meant to recover and, uh, there's downtime. How do we actually work our way through that? So, yeah, Nick. Look, look. He he likes. You know, he likes. He he admits it. He liked going out. He'd be he'd be going out. He'd be doing other things. Now he's actually staying quiet. Um, and I guess it's also the people around you. He seems to have a uh, you know settled into a relationship. Um, those sort of things can help as well. And um, and look, he he's obviously found a, a pathway that. You know, the, he's obviously found a reason why he wants to be out there now. You know, what what's his purpose? And, and maybe there wasn't that purpose, and, and he's found that now. And, and when you do as a sportsman, I think a lot more things click, don't they? Don't they, Loss? They certainly <laughs> do. They do. <laughs> Roger, what about Nadal? I, again, I, I felt for him listening to his press conference. Um, I, I don't know if he was if he's fully fit. And he said something yesterday about he wants to – sort some things in his life out. Uh, do you know any more about that? Uh, yeah, look, I, I, I'm guessing Rafa would have, you know, had, hadn't lost uh, at a major and, and he, he would have, did, did Rafa would get to go to a major, uh, Clarky, and probably he'd, he'd have to be in a certain range before he decides to go. Yeah. Um, and so he, had he played a lot of them, enough matches, probably not for him. Uh, generally, if it was on a clay court, uh, clay court season, he would be able to get away with it a bit because he's so comfortable on the clay court, and um, so his body probably not a hundred percent. But he didn't use that. He said Francis Francis Tiafo, by the way, he's got a great backstory from from New York, a New Yorker whose father was uh, just servicing a tennis club and just and cleaning up a tennis club. So he would be his son Francis would be around him every day, and that's how he got a racket in his hand. Um, so it's so it's a real Manhattan story, but. Um, yeah, and look, he's he's about to have a child as well, Rafa. So who knows what that looks like as well? You know, I'm not sure. There was, you know, I've had I know with some athletes where their their um, wives have been pregnant, and they've really struggled to keep their their eye on the prize as far as being on the tennis court or in the sporting arena because they felt like they needed to be at home and 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 been been looking after their partner. So um, you know, there's probably a little bit. You know, Rafa's probably in a little bit of an unsettled space, but um, you could definitely see the disappointment on his face. And um, but he, you know, you know, we know he's going to be back next year, and, and he's he's already put that out there that I'll be back. And um, you know, it's a dark place. He actually said this press as well. It's a dark place at the moment. Straight after a match uh, for me, but um, every day I'll get up and, and I'll be you know I'll be able to put some things forward as well. Ons Jabir just too good for Alia Tomjanovic yep. this morning. Yeah, yeah, quite. Uh, look, as you know, she's she's a, a player that offers you a little difficulty because there's variety in her game, and so you know, if you look at the the players that um, Isla had to beat leading up, obviously Serena, and then following that up again, um, is you've you've got to, you could see what was coming at you. Where uh, on she actually has a lot of variety, different sort of spins. 
um, you know, and and really believes that she she potentially now can go and win a major. And uh, so, yeah, a great run from Isla. But what I like from Isla is that we're now seeing her in the second week of majors. So she will start to feel like that's where she belongs when she walks into in, into any of the majors that she can see how she can navigate her way through that first week, get into the second week. And, you know, we're going to have, we've got, We've got, uh, on the men's side, we're going to have a, a new men's US Open champion. No one has been into, uh, has won a major in, in on any of the men's side. Nick Kyrgios, by the way, is the oldest player still left in the men's draw at 27. Who would have thought that, right? So, yeah. um, so, that, so that's actually something, you know, so is that a changing of the guard? Obviously, Novak's not here, so uh, there's a bit of an asterisk near it. But, um, you know, there is a, there's a, is a real change in... in what we're seeing at the moment. And on the women's side, uh, Schweitek, number one seed, obviously is uh, a Grand Slam champion. But outside of that, uh, there's no US Open champion. And I think Coco Goff, who's playing tonight against Caroline Garcia of France, um, who's, who's having a, a resurgence in her career, um, Coco Goff's going to be uh, one to watch. I've, I've just got a feeling she might do something quite exciting here as a young 18-year-old in American, um, now with Serena out. She hasn't dropped a set. Um, and she's one to watch um, moving through. Well, you're in winning form, Rog. So, Kyrgios, three sets to love, $2.30, 3250 assuming we're not going the catch-and-of options. So, how many sets does he do it in? Uh, yeah, no, I think Nick, Nick in three sets. I, I mean, I, you know, yep, you can have a lazy set, but I just think Nick's uh, he's just got a little bit too much, and he's enjoying the court, enjoying the environment, the crowd of the crowd are really enjoying him, so it's a lot in his favour. Three sets to love, $2.30 with tab for Nick Kyrgios this morning. Rog, thanks so much. Enjoy. We'll chat Friday. See you, boys. Have a good day. Heads up, putters. The Sticky and Smoky crew are at it again, but this time it's all about the roar of supercars at Mount Panorama. Sticky Wings and Smoky Barbecue are giving you and a mate the opportunity to win a VIP experience for two at this year's Bathurst 1000 including a full weekend hospitality package, grid walk, track, lap and accommodation. This is a serious bucket list opportunity. Keep an eye out for Sticky Wings and Smoky Barbecue in your local IGA. And if you can't find them, then ask the manager to get them in. To enter, simply go to stickywings.com.au or smokybarbecue.com.au and register your details. It's that easy. That's stickywings.com.au or smokybarbecue.com.au. Supercars never tasted so good. Massive reminder, Kosciuszko tickets. It all closes tonight, midnight tonight, for your chance to win a share of $2 bucks, $5 a ticket, no individual limit on the tickets. Get them from your tab app or on the EBTs at your local pub, club or tab agency. So... Midnight tonight is the deadline for buying tickets and those 14 winning ticket holders to be drawn on Friday, this Friday, September 9. So get involved. Brad Davidson, good morning to you, mate. How are you? Morning, Jared. Morning, everyone. I'm well, thank you. Now, the Tab Everest winner, Marzu, were just tuning up with a nice trial win again there yesterday at Rose Hill. Yes, I'll see you continuing that push, Jared. So um, you might be right come uh, a few months' time, but look, he was, he was good there yesterday in the trial. I wouldn't say he was outstanding, but... Uh, he, he did the job job in solid fashion there um, ahead of his return in the shorts in, in a couple of weeks' time. So, look, that's going to be a, a key race for him, I think. I know a lot of the, the, the trainers will say, oh, he's only first up and there's improvement to come. But if he can't shape up to the big guns there, um, it might show that he's a, he's got a little bit too much room to make up. So, But if he's able to come out and, and be very impressive or, or finish within a length of them, 
then it, it suggests that he's ready for that uh, the big race this year. So it'll be really interesting to see how he does shape up against the better ones. Obviously, took all before him last preparation. He's a different racehorse, no doubt about that at the moment. But um, I think it's fair to say on the facts and figures, he still needs to improve a little bit, but um, I, I think he can. And, and that's the exciting thing about him is, you know, how, how, where is he ceiling? We don't know that yet. We know that with Nathan Strip and Eduardo and you know, their ceiling's very, very good. And it's just a case of if he can get to that level this year or whether it's a year too soon, but we'll wait and see how it pans out in the, in the next couple of months or so. Fields are out for the run to the roses this weekend, Dover? Yeah, they'll be out uh, this, well, this early this morning, Loz. Um, 18 nominations there for the run to the rose at Group 2 level, Fyburn among those, the Jardin there as well, um, and then a host of them that have already had a, a run, political debate, the other one that's uh, also going to be likely to be first up there. So, look, most of the others have had uh, at least one start this preparation, so it'll be interesting to see what sort of track we're dealing with uh, this weekend as well. Soft six at the moment, hopefully... Uh, uh, I haven't checked the forecast in the last 24 hours because uh, a lot of the times it's not worth checking it because um, it just turns up something else. But look, we're expecting a bit of rain on Friday, but look, Saturday's looking clear, uh, today's looking clear, and, and tomorrow's looking zero to four mil. They're taking an each way bet there, that's for sure. But uh, yes, um, hopefully um, we're not on too bad of a track. We should be on a heavy track anyway this weekend, which is good news, and uh, it should be a great race day there, of course, with the the Theo Marks as well, the Chiraco Stakes, the Ming Dynasty, uh, among the other feature races there at Rosehill Gardens this Saturday. Cracking Group 1 down south at Flemington 2 with uh, the Maccabi Diva and I'm Thunderstruck, which was an enormous run uh, the other day. $2.50 favourite in the all-in market as it stands from Western Empire at 5, Cascadian 6. And I see uh, Alligator Blood there at 7. Now, Timmy Clark's going... He's going south to ride too, isn't he? I'm pretty sure this week. He's going to ride Alligator Blood. He's riding Alligator Blood, yeah. 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 So, but Iron Thunderstruck certainly deserves to be favourite, doesn't it, Davo? Yeah, I mean, it was a slashing run. It was there for all to see first up. And compared to last preparation as well, when he was a little bit slower to start the campaign, it was a, a really impressive uh, beginning there in the Memsey. So, look, stepping up in, in trips going to suit him second up. It looks a perfect race for him there at Flemington over the mile, no doubt about that. Alligator Blood didn't have a lot of luck there first up, so he can definitely in, improve. But it does look uh, his race, doesn't it, on Thunderstruck on, on first glance. And that's why he's the, the $2.50 favourite in the all-in market. So it be interesting to see what the bookies go up after final fields. But uh, 15 uh, nominators there, so we'll see how many except for the, the big Maccabi Diva stakes at, at Group 1 level over the mile at Flemington. What about at Canterbury today, mate? Have you got anything you like? Yeah, there's a few I don't mind there, Loz. Um, Gee, the bookies are uh, they've trimmed up the prices, unfortunately. So it might be might be better to just wait a little bit late with a few of these. Um, race one, number two, Emancipist. Um, look, went up second favourite behind Ainty Grand. Absolutely gave Ainty Grand Winburn the other day. And I think they just went up favourite Ainty Grand because of the J-Max factor. So, look, they've turned in the, in the market. But you might get a little bit better than $2.40 late, I'm suggesting there. So just be a little bit patient. Race one, number two, Emancipist. And the other two for me... A bit later on in the day, uh, race six, number one, quality time. Akahata's the current favourite there, but he's got a bad habit of missing the jump. So I think quality time could jump on the on the bunny here and be very hard to catch. And race seven, number four, Fox Fighter, uh, a horse that's really well placed. He actually had uh, finished third behind Marzu first up last preparation. Always goes well fresh. And I just think that a little bit better track than a heavy 10, heavy nine now is going to help him with some drying weather today. So there are the three for me today at Canterbury. Um, not sure how the track will play. It's been pretty 
or fairer than it has uh, been there for a while, the last six months or so. So good job to the track team and um, fingers crossed we get a fair deck there today. Okay, so just repeating Davo's tips, race one, number two, Emancipus. $2.30 as it stands with tap. Uh, Davo thinking you might get bet. Uh, you might get better later in the day and closer to the jump. Race six, number one, quality time, $3.80. And race seven, number four, Fox Fighters, a $3.60 chance. Thank you, Davo. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. And, Loz, just quickly, your horse, well, the next superstar of the universe, Ooh. Foxy Cleopatra, is in race two at Bendigo tomorrow, Ooh. a 1,400-metre maiden. And it is race two, number 11, Foxy Cleopatra. Good gate, barrier four, Michael D in the saddle, busted in Young Yard, $4.80 with tab. But I do note that the yeah. tease could continue. Well, oh, what's no. the weather pattern for tomorrow? Oh, no. What, what part of that's not perfect for you? Uh, the weather. Heavy 10. Oh, Well, mate. at the moment, as Get it stands. Get your boots dirty. <laughs> The Get on the track and run. It's a soft seven. Mm. Showers forecast oh. at Bendigo tomorrow. So guess what? You are also in. You've been nommed now for plan, a race. Plan B, C, D. Hey, for that's a what race. trainers do. They're Seriously. T-buses all across it. Like you've got, you got to have everything covered. I obviously don't. My horse is okay to run any conditions. Nom, Rain, hail or shine. You're nommed for sale on Sunday. Oh, Let's see. Actually, the forecast is good for Sunday. I think Saturday's 22, Sunday's 20, not a cloud in the sky. You, I can't wait for your excuse for, the, for Sunday. Have you been to Victoria? Mate, not a cloud in the sky. 